well, I wanted to be a big star, so you go to Seattle. <laughs> you know, it was really about money for me and um, fame and glamour. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new edition of Collider Ladies Night. I say this all the time that I'm very excited about these every single episode, but I'm especially excited about this one because Betsy Brandt is hands down one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Thank you so much for doing the show today. Oh my gosh. I, I feel the same way about you. I love being here. I wish we were in person, but it's, you know, I take this. I'll take what I can get, especially because doing these interviews has just been a major source of just light and happiness and fulfillment. Well, and then, and then you're months. other people too, you know, like I, anytime you're isolated, I remember when I had a newborn and I used to just like to watch shows where women interviewed other people and were talking. It just, it made me feel like I wasn't alone as I was like, you know, nursing and changing and, you know. Um, and not really leaving in a house in the beginning when she was really tiny. Uh, and I, I just, like, I remember that was comforting to me and I was aware of it. And you're going to spread that, that joy to somebody else out there who might need it right now through yeah. the show. <laughs> just to see like people be, people talking, you yeah. know, like it just like being nice to each other and talking. It's like, it's comforting. I, I can't get enough of that, which is why I love ladies night so much. So the project that we're working our way towards today is soulmates which is already running on amc you could check it out but betsy's episode it airs on november 9th so keep an eye out for that but everyone out there knows ladies night starts at the very very beginning and a question i've got in into the habit of asking first is what were some of your favorite movies and shows when you were growing up and do you find that any of those favorites now influence the roles in the projects you gravitate towards um Listen, I was the youngest of four. My siblings are older than me. Um, so I watched a lot of television. I watched um, Little House on the Prairie, like it was going out of style when I was very young. Um, happy Days. Uh, I mean, like when I was little, with my, my babysitter would pretty much let me watch almost anything. And, um, and then, you know, it was, like the the Thursday, like the musty TV kind of thing was, um, so the fact that I I eventually made my way to do a couple sitcoms isn't shocking to me, um, even though I think there was probably a time where I'm like no, no no I'm just gonna do drama like heavy duty drama, um, and as far as movies when I was young I mean, I will say I had such a just a crystal clear moment in college when I saw Hannah and her sisters, um, which made working with Diane Weiss when we did Life in Pieces together so special because I just fell in love with her. And I was already a, you know, a fan of um, Woody Allen, but of his work anyway. Um, and, uh, but that movie, like just the style and the, 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 you know, it found the humor in just the real life moments. And the, that was a huge, huge, huge impact on, and still is how I, I look at things. Um, oh my God. Uh, and then I think, how old was I when I saw Postcards from the Edge? To this day, one of my favorite films. That's a pretty good lineup though that you have there already. I know, I'm like, what else? Oh, oh God. I'm going to sound like I'm obsessed with Diane Weiss and I am a little bit. Um, Parenthood also was like 
one of my favorites. And then you have those moments, you know, I remember going to see Hidden Figures um, at the theater with my kids. And it was almost like being in the theater when you see a play and it was a packed audience. And we all, you know, with this group of people, all I knew was my family, but um, you know, we laughed together, we cried together, we rooted and we, we booed when our heroes were wronged. And it was so amazingly special. Um, you know, so it's, there's that, it's, it's the collective reaction, you know, that we experience as, as society or, you know, even a small group of people, when you watch something that, you know, that's the kind of thing that will sometimes be forever cemented in my mind. And I, I feel like this is a question that you can keep asking yourself over the course of your career too. And it continues to evolve and change and influence. Yeah. And hands down. One yeah. of the most exciting because things. there's sometimes you'll be working on something. You're like, Oh God, do you, do you remember that moment in whatever it is? You know, like, do you remember that moment in Bonnie and Clyde when they don't say anything and they look at each other and the look on Faye Dunaway's face, just it, it it's worth two hours of watching a film. Like it's though you have those moments, um, it, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a great thing to be aware of. Thank you for asking me that question. Thank oh, you. I'm glad I'm off to a good start here. Yeah. So my next one for you is I was reading that there was a point where you were interested in directing instead of acting. Yeah. That's high school. High school. That was partly the interest in directing. And then when did you feel the shift to acting happen? Um, I think honestly, once I got into college and just started, you know, really digging into acting, like I was like, this is, this felt like home. That felt like home for me. Um, and, it, and it's also, I mean, I think the, the thing for me to recognize is wanting to direct, it, it was, you know, probably a few things going on there. And, but one of them is, is for me, it's so much about storytelling. And, you know, when I was younger, I used to write plays in my neighborhood and, um, you know, cast my friends in them. And I, you know, I always had these ideas and, um, I, you know, I grew up in the country, like this is what I did. And it was, hugely creative for me in that way, you know, different, you know, than if you grew up in a city and you're going to the art museum every weekend, but um, it was uh, formative. And I, I think, you know, just initiating things as part of that. And, and listen, I'm not saying like right now, I'm really, really happy acting, not saying that you can't do both, um, but it's just, I feel like there's so much I wanna do with that, you know, I'm, I'm not itching to direct anymore that left in high school. Well, a lot, a lot of those formative years are about finding, finding the craft that you want to hone most yeah. and, and you did it and you're still doing yeah. it. So college now you get a BFA, MFA, and you study at the- Did not get an MFA. I, I started on that road and I did not finish. I, I, I got, and this is, you know, for me, this was a big lesson because it's like, you don't quit something. Um, but I did, and um, I started getting, you know, like the dream theater jobs for me that I wanted, you know, out of college, and I just wasn't going to say no to go back to school, even though that had been my plan. My plan was to get an MFA, and so I had to 
you know, like even when I was in high school, I was like, I'll get, you know, I was like, I'll get an MFA. And then I had to let that go, which was really hard for me. And, but I think also anything in life, but especially if you do something creative, sometimes you just, some of the best advice I got was you just have to say yes. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. I'm also, I have that mentality where I won't, I won't stop something even though I like, I don't like it or I know it's not right until I finish it. And sometimes that can be to my detriment. Yeah. I, I am the same way. I have the same affliction in small things and larger things. Um, it can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know, like it, it can, it, it, it's probably one of your greatest assets that you, you know, that you're like, no, 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 I have to see this through. I have to finish this journey, whatever it is, even if it's not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and then also, I, you know, to be a, a little hesitant to change courses is not always your best friend. Um, it's funny we, that we've, and we've never talked about this. I, yes, I am the same way. I'm like, no, 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 no. You keep, you keep going. And I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't, I don't even know if I need to know, but I'm aware of it. And as I get older, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more open to changing course. Yeah. I'm feeling that a little bit. So you stopped the MFA because of theater opportunities. Were those theater opportunities in Seattle? Because, yeah. you know, the, the tradition is that you finish school and you go to New York or LA. So is that what drove you to Seattle instead? Well, I wanted to be a big star. So you go to Seattle. <laughs> You know, it was really about money for me and um, fame and glamour. I, I, I mean, that answer just, that I kind of let it find me. I didn't feel like I was ready to go to New York. Um, and I thought I would never live in LA. I think when I started college, I thought I would move to Chicago, but I went to college in Illinois in most everyone in, in my department, you know, goes and works in Chicago. And there's a great community there, like a thriving, really wonderful community in Chicago. Sometimes I miss that I didn't do that. Um, but I just felt like the great thing about graduating is you get to take everything you've learned and you can use it or you can, you know, like whoever, you know, whatever kind of roles you got in college, now you can throw that away and do different roles. And I, I just wanted to go somewhere new and be around new people. And I also really was intrigued by the West Coast. And I, I chose Seattle over San Francisco, could have gone to San Francisco, but um, I, my best friend in college, her sister lived in Seattle. And for spring break, we went to Seattle and spent the week there. And I got an agent I had, cause there was, you know, quite a bit of stuff being shot there. And then they would cast in Seattle down for Vancouver sometimes. Uh -huh. So, so those actors were busy and for, especially for the size of the city, it's, I mean, the theater community there was phenomenal. I mean, I, I still, it, it's, you know, if I went to New York right away or LA, like would things have been different? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It was, I mean, I, I don't regret that decision at all. And, and not even just because it worked out, like, the the directors and the actors that I got to work with, you know, those three years that I was in Seattle, that's what I call your chair work, where you're, 
you know, you're on stage, of course, but it's, it's really, for me, a big part of it was being in rehearsal with these people that were just at the top of their game. Um, you know, so that was, that was huge for me. I, you know, I worked with one of the, you know, my first big job was with, I did Little Foxes, which most, you know, like big shows like that. It's, I love those plays and it's, you know, a lot of places can't afford to do them. Um, and the director, uh, Warner Shook directed um, one of my favorite plays on Broadway. So that was like huge. And I played, you know, his, one of his lead actors um, was a Tony nominee from that show. And I got to play opposite her. Like it was huge for me. It was huge for me. So when you say that other casting opportunities came up there, like things that were shooting in Vancouver, is that how you started to get into some of the guest appearances on a whole bunch of TV shows early on? No, that I really didn't. That, and that kind of started to um, go away. Like, you know, my agent became less busy and stuff once, uh, you know, eventually up there, like, cause Canada is pretty good about saying, if we can hire a Canadian, we're going to do that first. And then, you know, um, but I started doing indie films and that um, is kind of, cause I, you know, I don't think I ever thought I would really do anything on camera. I thought I would just do theater, but I started doing indie films and really liking it. And that was incredibly fun. And, you know, there was just a bunch of, you know, I was young and out of college and I met a lot of other people young and out of college and we were making movies and, you know, I would, going to I mean theater was basically my day job <laughs> like not my day job but like my my income my steady gig you know what is something about performing on camera in a film or a tv show that you weren't getting out of the theater experience and I'm sure there's stuff about being on stage that you can't get on screen but what was it that was making that experience stand this out? is really easy for me to sum up because um I had been doing Breaking Bad for I'm not great with time um, with, I don't know how many years. And then I did a show um, called The Language Archive by this amazing playwright and woman, Julia Cho. And I did, and Mark Brokaw directed it. <clears throat> and I did that and I'd already been doing Breaking Bad for a while. And I remember the, the director and I'd never, I don't usually get this much, I gotta speak up got to up your volume, got to up your volume because I was so used to being a little smaller because of camera. But the thing I loved that I noticed is that after being on camera that much, when you go back to the stage, it made me even more honest with the work I did in, in theater. And I really just relished that. I mean, that was um, exciting and it's great, you know, to, been your career for how many years and then you find new stuff. I mean, that's one of the great things about what we do. That is what makes me so interested in having these types of conversations too. I just love talking about how experiences change you every single step of the way. So just to isolate that to Breaking Bad in particular, because no doubt that is hands down one of the most incredible journeys you could have with a show. What yeah. is the biggest difference between you as an actor at the very beginning of Breaking Bad and at the very end that you could credit to playing Marie for so many years and working with that team of people for all that time? Um, <clears throat> I have to say one of the biggest things was just watching Cranston tackle that role. 
And I, Dean and Brian and I went out for breakfast at the end of season one and we shut down early because of the writer's strike. And um, Dean was like, yeah, like, cause Brian was just like, we knew this was gonna be great for him. You know, he was gonna be great in this. And, um, and the whole show was great, you know, but it was just, um, you know, Dean said, thanks for the work for years to come because like, you're just nailing this. and. And I said, it's really, it, this is your time. It's your time. I said to Brian, I said, it's like, you're doing Lear, but for television, you know? And it was, and I just, even as an actor who adored this other actor, it was just really amazing to see just, you know, the lightning in a bottle effect of how everything came together that, you know, Brian, like where he was as an actor and in his career, and that, um, you know, this role appeared for him. And one of the, it's so funny, I just said this the other day about um, Vince Gilligan. One of the things I love is that he, like, listen, like he is who he is. It's not like this, this guy goes in with details, you know, like he's so, like, he's just like wildly smart and talented. But he also, in this takes a certain a lot of, you know, a certain amount of confidence that a lot of people or networks don't have. He's he's like, I'm gonna let the show go where it goes. You know, like sometimes you have to, and, and I think that's so key to making good television or movies. Um, and I feel like I got to be a part of that and see it. And it was really exciting. Like I know some of the things they had planned that we told, we ended up not doing. And now that you look back at, it you know it this the, the choices they made were far better than the than what we thought you know like maybe they thought they were going to do and um i just I, I loved watching their process i'm not a writer and so i i loved watching that and i have to say the this group of actors the first time we um i i felt like oh my god i could live with them forever was um the intervention scene the talking pillow and it just I, I i will never forget this day oh my god and it just it, it was like it was contagious and it just worked so well it was as if we had been working together for years and rehearsed to this there was just such a rhythm that we had and you and it was so special and you felt the crew feel it and they they everyone was just so excited about i think that was when we were really aware of like what this cast was together and it was it's still to this day one of the best scenes i've ever shot in my life i i texted vince and said i want to make t-shirts that say intervention and whatever year it was i really don't know what year it was um because i said it was just like such a swell of enthusiasm and pride and it was um honestly i, I can remember shooting that scene like i'm watching a movie i remember the conversations i had with dean i like all of it i i remember asking for another take and i was pretty young in my career and so i felt like i shouldn't do that and dean was like ask, ask for another one and I did, and that was like the one that I, then I did everything I wanted to do in those moments. Um, and it was great. And like Dean and I found some humor in there and it was, you know, just, it's to this day, like one of the best scenes. I'm, I'm sure I'll say that if you ask me 20 years from now, I'll bring up that, sh that scene. That makes me so happy to hear that. 
Going back with Breaking Bad, though, even further, what was your initial impression of Marie when you were first auditioning at that point? Because oh. I'm sure you only get, you know, a certain amount of sides. Like, what were you envisioning? That no, I read that whole script. I read that whole script and uh -huh. was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I said to my husband, I said, this is the best drama I've ever, this is the best pilot I've ever read. And then I said, I hope they make it. <laughs> I was like, because it's, it's, uh, you know, it's out there. It's like, so there's this teacher and he cooks meth in a van down by the river. You know, I mean, it's like, um, but it, I, when I met Vince, I was just floored by him just in the best of ways. Like he is just an amazing human. He, he's amazing. Um, and I went in and read for Marie. I could tell right away that he loved that character. Uh, he probably loves them all. That would be my guess. I'm not in the room when he meets with other people, but I knew that he loved her and she's not easy to love. And I liked that. I liked that he was making a real family. And, and as the show went on, and I think we were like, okay, so Marie's really like, she's difficult. She's not easy, you know? And I just embraced that more. And I think they probably did too. I don't know if that was the plan. He kept saying she needles her sister. She needles her sister. And, um, and I remember him saying, I don't think it was in my audition, but it was, you know, when other things would come up in the episode, he's like, she's not a bitch. She's not a bitch. She's just, she says what she thinks and she's not easy. She needles them. I said, one of the things about Marie is that she's always there. She shows up whether you want her <laughs> to be there or not. Um, I don't know if you know anyone like that. I do, but <laughs> um, so it's anything uh, right now. Yeah, I don't know if you know anyone like that. I know. I do, um, and, and it is, and I love that complicated, like she's not just a horrible person. She's, and, you know, and, and then there were so many moments of beauty from her and honesty and the voice, you know, at the end of the show, and there were a lot of times she was the voice of, of reason, which who would have seen that coming? Um, you know, but I, 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 I loved all of that in her and, and, you know, you, you have to take a chance too. I mean, listen, I was going to do this show regardless because I just, you know, I read the script and I met with Vince and I was like, this is my job. Like I've just felt so strongly that this was, was my job. I wish they all, oh, you feel so strongly that, you know, this is your job. Um, I, you know, it, it could have been a, not much of a role for me. So the fact that they, you know, wrote her so complicated and involved her in the way they did was, you know, just wonderful. And, and so just like such a treat for me. She's the perfect fit in that ensemble too. Yeah. I just love the show as it paints a picture of what could push someone over the edge into yeah. the territory of doing something you know, a little more intense than shoplifting, like really putting them in the territory of doing very dangerous yeah. things. But Marie keeps that in check. And I feel like the show and the ensemble needed that balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Anna, it's so funny. Like, so she's that, but then, you know, you look at, at Marie and Hank and I've always, you know, said this, I'm, I'm so proud. And listen, I love Dean Norris. I love him so much. 
um, as a as a person, as an actor. But I I love that we got to be part of that story that was so beautiful. I mean, that marriage with all you know, like, and there's a lot of sadness there. You know, I I think they desperately wanted kids, couldn't have them, and um, but they are so there for each other, and and it's unconditional their love is is beyond unconditional um and there's you know such an amount of respect which isn't really anywhere else in the show so it was you know it was lovely i remember we did a photo shoot for the pilot for um you know just photos for uh you know art for deck for the set and um it's uh, Brian and Anna, Dean and I, and our characters are on vacation. It's supposed to be like they're in Mexico together. And I turned to Dean and I hardly knew him, but I, and I said, so we're drunk, right? Like we're, <laughs> like we all go out to dinner and we always drink too much and just act like fools. And um, so we were just like making these huge faces. Like we're just like the people that are just way too wasted at the party. And, um, and I, I said to him that day, I said, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm, I'm, I'd sure rather be part of this couple than that couple. <laughs> I said, I think I said, ain't no good gonna come from that. You're, and you're I had no idea. idea. This was just the pilot. This was just the pilot. Um, but you know, it was every day we showed up and just wanted to make the best show that we could make, and it was exciting to be part of that. I've heard you talk so highly about Dean a number of times now, and also. The, the love between him and Marie is just so palpable throughout the entire show. So what was it like talking through and developing the moments of grief Marie experiences after she gets the news? Because that grief is, is packed into just a few tiny scenes and you have to speak to an entire series worth of material that we just experienced with them. I tear up just when you say that. I um... When I first got the script um, and Maura Wally Beckett wrote it and we were, you know, the cast was reading it and then we were emailing each other and I really put it off. I put off reading it where he is killed. And I, and then I said, you know, like a child, I said, if I don't read it, could it maybe not happen? And so much of that was me as the actor, but also as the fan of the show, that world shifts if Hank's not in it. Not just for Marie, for everyone, for the entire story in just that world. The world is better. That world is better if he's there. So that was in, in such a testament to the writers and to Dean that I felt, you know, such a loss. Um, and then also I just, you know, Marie just loved him, still does. So that was so hard for me to do. I still haven't watched that whole episode. Like just can't do it. Um, and it's funny, I remember saying, because I said there needs to be a scene and so much of it runs together for me. This was so long ago, but I said there needs to be a scene where I'm on the phone. Like I, I, I need, there needs to be a reaction of, of her. Oh, it was a phone call. Cause she finds out on a phone call. And I said, I, I need that 
my side of that. And Vince was like, well, we were going to shoot it like this. It was going to be, you know, a stylized thing. And they said, I, I just really feel like I, I, I want her to have that. And they were like, okay, we're going to shoot it. We don't know if we're going to use it. We may stick with plan A. And then, but they ended up using it where you, you see her. And then I, I think also then the day that we shot it, I had no expectations and I just wanted to go in and um, the scene prior where Walt calls and he's on the phone with Skylar and I, and there's no word from Hank and I'm like, what's happening? And I haven't heard anything from him. And I, she's aware then because she, there's, you know, just a current of worry because his job is dangerous and she knows this. And now that we all kind of know what's going on and um, it, it, you know, raises the stakes even more. It's again, such good television. <laughs> even when you're in it, you're aware. You're like, the God. <laughs> um, and I just really, you know, love that they respected me enough to shoot that. And then that they, that we did end up using it. Um, but when I found out that when she gets that news, I think it was more, shock at the immeasurable loss and I think there's a moment of how can I go on and I don't want to and then I think she really like she gets her shit together you know she gets rid of the purple she gets because there's just like there's nothing left to do that for anymore I think it just you know um she finally got it and I, I I had someone ask me once if I thought Marie killed herself after the show. And I said, absolutely not, because she knows he would never want her to do that. Hmm. You know, that's, that's not how I would read the later phone call either. And the tone of her voice when she's talking to Skylar. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's like there's almost even like a tinge of a newfound strength. Like I. Yeah. I've got my opinions and I feel like just for the sake of Hank's legacy alone, Marie yeah, would bottle that off. I felt. It I, I, for me, it was really clear. And the, the question surprised me. It was only one time. It was one person. And I was like, but, I, but it wasn't crazy in the sense. I think it's that immeasurable loss that, you know, that, that um, I, I think is where it came from. I, I don't know. It wasn't someone that I knew, but um it, it surprised me a little. And I, I just, I mean, I didn't even hesitate. It was like, absolutely not. Like she knew, and now she's finally, you know, she's very strong. She's really, really strong again, in good ways and in bad ways, you know, in some ways where you're like, let it go. And she just can't, um, you know, and it's, it's always, I question myself all the time. So it was incredibly fun for me to play someone that never does. <laughs> like she just, again, I don't know if you know anyone like that, but um, she just is like, yeah, no, I have the right answer. Even though no one agrees with me. Yes, I've got it. I'm right. Yes, right. <laughs> I could talk to you about Breaking Bad all day long. It's very oh, difficult I, to peel myself away from this part of the conversation. Well, we can do that anytime. You <laughs> Happily, I will take you up on that offer. But, but it helps that the next one I'm going to is Magic Mike. And 
It brings me back to something that you said earlier. I, I feel like, I forget what movie you were referencing, but something about where just a reaction shot where nothing is said speaks, you know, so much more yeah. to the content and what's going on. And that scene could have easily have played as just like an interlude to get his characters to the next step. But that conversation is a very intense conversation that shows his true colors. And there's yes. moments of silence that you deliver where you could see the wheels in her head turning, trying to make it work for this poor guy, but knowing that she can. So what was it like working on that scene and with Soderbergh? Um, okay, well, it's, it's Soderbergh. So, I mean, like he's amazing and I was like, speaking of movies like I remember like being too young to like watch sex lies and videotape and and get it and I'm like what's happening <laughs> you know and then when you're older you watch it again you're like amazing um he's phenomenal I think he knows but if he knows you can't tell that he knows it's really confident like I've never experienced anything like it working with him the way he is, but he's so generous and just lovely and down to earth. I mean, he sits back there, he does his camera, he's got, you know, and he is so laid back. It was an amazing experience. And I said to, I said to Stephen at um, the premiere, I said, I have to tell you, I like beat myself up in the car on the way home. And that was their first day of shooting. And um, I said, you know, we did that scene and I, you know, got in my car and was driving home and it was like, oh my God, I should have done this. I should have like leaned more into the comedy. I should have, you know, I went through all these scenarios where I could have played it and made her dark, like made all these scenarios, like where I could have just like done more with that character. And I said, and then I thought, it's Steven fucking Soderbergh. He's not gonna sit there quietly in the corner and say nothing will I ruin his movie? And he said, you're right, he wouldn't. <laughs> and he said, you know, that scene, he's like, it's a pivotal scene for the film. And I was so touched by him. He's, I, I think the world of him and I, I, you know, he does what he does. Like he's certainly like beat of his own drum, like genius kind of guy, but I wish he was working all the time. So I could just continue to work with him more and more and more. And he reached, out actually about a different film first that I ended up not doing um but he reached out um after he saw me in Breaking Bad and just reached out to my people and he said I want to work with her and it was so I knew I was um gonna do something with him um but he's like that was a surreal experience for me that yeah. scene, that scene stands out. I hope like well after the fact you're very confident. And in it's it. Channing Tatum, who's like incredibly lovely. And I mean, I always go in with a joke. Like I said to him, I'm like, listen, I love the script. You need to do what you need to do. If you need to take your shirt off for this scene, I don't want to be in your way. Like I'm just here to be supportive, <laughs> you know? So, and then, and so he and I hit it off and he's, you know, he was just lovely. And like, we had some time, like he told me his whole story about writing this movie. And then I, he was doing Haywire, he and Steven and, and Tim was like, let me look at it. And they, and he was like, yeah, I'll direct this. And then it became what it was. I mean, it was, I will say being on the red carpet doing press with those guys, I was like, I need to just get my ass to the gym and park it there for like two months like 
shredded. Like these guys were just, it was embarrassing. Like it was just an embarrassment of riches just to I be feel like all lovely. Like it was anyone. one of the loveliest groups of guys I've ever had the pleasure to be around. I feel like literally anyone in the world would have felt that way on that red carpet. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they that. took good care of me though. I have no complaints. <laughs> so jumping into soulmates now. Yes. I want to know about getting cast in that specifically as an anthology series. Do you know immediately which episode could be yours? Yes. So they um, reached out specifically about Caitlin and um, I, my, you know, I, so with, with, with me, my team, um, they read it first. And if they think this is something we want to move in on, then they'll read it. I tend to get attached to stuff and it also is hard for me to say no. And um, so they, and they also know like what I'm looking for at the time. And that's a big compass for me. It's like, what did I just do? What was the project I was just doing? What do I need to do next? And, um, you know, like, and, and when, when we work together, I, I've always said, I'm like, I, whatever I'm doing all the time now, give me something opposite to that. You give me something opposite. Like, I think that's what you do during hiatus so that you, you just, you know, you want to keep your muscles, your acting muscles intact. Um, so I got that script and was like, yeah. Yes. Um, and was also excited to be back at AMC. I mean, I love those guys and I made some fantastic television with them and they've made some other fantastic television that I'm that I'm not in. So I was happy, happy to be back over there. Um, and it's I like that home. I like that it's um, there's the freedom of cable, but pretty much anybody can watch it. You know, like to me, it's it's and, and I know the way we watch TV is changing and and I'm I there's a lot of great things about that too, but it's um, it's a privilege to be in someone's home to be in their living room and to bring what you do to them and and be and I mean it's 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 really an amazing privilege. So I was and just to play that role to play that role and then if and I was already a fan of Will Bridges from his work on Black Mirror. I mean. And, and he's also, he and Brett are just really, really lovely. Like those, those guys are fantastic. And I think the show is so great. I don't know how they came up with it. I, I don't need to know, but um, it's so great. Bringing up Black Mirror and also just the thought of the amount of love stories we do see on TV and film. Yeah. For anyone out there who hasn't yet jumped into Soulmates, what is it about this show for you that makes it stand out from other approaches to discussing the use of technology that we've seen recently and also other love stories that we've seen? Um, and it, well, it's so funny and they're all different, you know? So like I can answer that for my character, but um, I can't answer that for the entire show, which I love. And I love that, you know, there's definitely a through line in Soulmates, but it's it's so, you know, these episodes are so different. Um, I was just saying this to my 15 year old the other day. I was like, listen, because, you know, they were complaining about, um, uh, you know, shows and, and how it's always like this. And it's like this girl and this guy and, and the, you know, the girl always does something dumb. And, and I said, 
you don't even know like some of the stuff I was raised on, <laughs> like just like what we accepted as normal. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't know your experience. My experience isn't that like, you know, you meet someone at work and you hate them and then you fall in love. Like that's not been my experience in life, but, but we see that story again and again and again, the realness of, um, my story. And then I think, you know, that theme is constant throughout soulmates. It's refreshing. It's refreshing and it's exciting. And it's that kind of show that makes you look at yourself because it's closer. And it, and because it's real, you're like, well, I mean, even this alone, like what if, what if we had that test? Would you take it? Would you not take it? I mean, I've, I've, I've changed quite my obsessed mind. with that. <laughs> What's that? I've just become quite obsessed with going back and forth on that answer. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And so that alone is just an interesting premise. And I, it's also right now, I have to say a really nice break that it's set in the future. There is no COVID. There's no, <laughs> it's just, it's come and, and gone. I don't know how many years it took for it to go, but 15 years it. from now, we don't see it. And, um, and that feels kind of nice. You know, I feel like if you've seen the whole episode, this may surprise you, but I'm very proud of my character. And, and I, I loved her. I, I still do love her. You know, I think she's out there continuing to do what she's discovered is her true, you know, and living her true life. And um, I'm, I, I'm very proud of her the moments that she you know, finds in herself. And, you know, we know people like that too. You know, I was talking about Marie, like, you know, um, you know, I, I'm certainly an observer and I, you know, I hear about interesting people and people fascinate me. That's one of the reasons I'm an actor, but I, you know, hear about people and you're like, oh man, I want to play you. I remember meeting this amazing female detective when I was working in New York and just the way she talked, I was like, God, I want to play you. Like, I, it just, it's, it's a privilege to be in people's homes. It's also a privilege to take these journeys. I know that sounds like really actory talk about my crafty, but it's, it's true for me. That's, that's what this show is for. And also as someone with a deep appreciation for just getting the opportunity to digest as much content as we're getting right now. I don't know. I yeah. just have such respect for everybody pouring their hearts and souls into stuff like this. Cause I, I need it. And I, I yeah. think I might need it now more than ever. I want to squeeze in one soulmate's spoiler question. So you kind of tapped into this already a little, so I have a feeling I might know your answer, but does does Caitlin view this as a happy ending for her? If she had known that her story would end that way, would she have made a different decision at the beginning? That's interesting because end of the episode, Caitlin absolutely views it that way. She, it's, it's a tricky answer because when we meet her in the beginning, she couldn't get there. She wouldn't let herself, you know, she was volunteering at the food bank. She was, um, you know, helping everybody because she knew there was this darkness in her and was fighting it, fighting it, spent her life fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And I think really ashamed of who she was and to walk around with this secret. You know, and I, and I don't think it, it wasn't as clear exactly what it was, but she knew that that seed was there. 
And then when she's paired up with him, I mean, and then he seems so great, right? What's the catch? And then for her, like the shock of when she sees it, and, and I hope in that episode where he invites her out to his house and she sees him with that other woman and then sees what he does. And it's the horror, but there's a little bit like, oh my God, that's exciting. And I'm so scared that it's so exciting. Um, that's just, she's not even aware of that yet, but there's, there's some seed of, of that there. But I, um, I love that question, but that's, it's a weird answer. But my answer is at the end, absolutely. Yes, like absolutely. Who we meet in the beginning would really just struggle getting there. And that's the journey that we get to take with her. I mean, it's a big change in a small period of time, you know? Um, but God, it was just such a thrill to play because, you know, all the blocks there uh, along the way are so present and, and you get to witness all of those, you know, kind of aha moments for her. Um, and it's weird. Like I feel, I mean, I played her, so it's different for me, but I root for her. I root for her. I, you know, when she stands up to her boyfriend and um, it was just, it was incredibly, uh, incredibly juicy and fun role to play. Yeah, it, it makes me want to go back and, and rewatch it and be able to isolate the, those smaller moments paving the way to that end. But I also, I really appreciated it as as a love story where oh, yeah. the main character can stand on her own two feet and isn't yeah. totally dependent on having another. Yeah. Even yeah. even with the the place of darkness that it, yeah. that it nestles in in the end. I mean, she basically tells him, I don't like the way you treat women. That's their ending. That's yeah. their ending is, yeah, I don't believe in what you do. And, and she's, you know, it's not, she's not a Marvel character, but she feels like she's, writing some wrongs. I, and that's a big thing for me, like the, the blocks along the way, like, you know, even when I was doing life in pieces, I'm like, no, but my character did this like four episodes ago. So that has to like, I, I have so much respect for the audience. And that's also how, what I want when I watch a show. So, you know, I don't want inconsistencies. Like you, you know, you look at Breaking Bad, everyone you meet in the beginning of the show is exactly who they are at the end. The circumstances have changed, but that's, um, that's a big thing for me to, to, and then, and that, that makes the journey even that much more interesting as an actor. And hopefully for the audience, when there is a change, the, because it's, it's not just, you know, what you see at the end, it's the journey of getting there which is, you know, hopefully really fascinating and entertaining. It definitely is in this case. I'm eyeing the chat right now. We usually end ladies night with some rapid fire questions, but I oh, feel great. Like I've kept you too long. Someone yell at me in the chat, please, if this is not allowed, but otherwise I'm going to trickle into it. Y'all good? That's okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So these usually just come to my mind in any random order. Let's okay. go with, if you could only... If you could only watch one movie over and over for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Mm. Oh my God, I'm terrible at these. When you were asking that question, that's what I'm thinking. I'm terrible at these. Um, I'm gonna say Parenthood. Okay, I like that. That's a solid choice right there. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll shift it to a different subject. If you could only eat one meal over and over for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Dinner Italian. Okay. I'm all for this. Let's do a big, big dinner, big Italian dinner. Oh, it would have to be the biggest. Yeah. I feel like Italian dinners are only that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit in a scene? Oh, well, I've done both. Um, I'd rather fake vomit. I mean, that's actually fun. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I'm not a big fan of vomiting in general, so I'm afraid that, yeah, <laughs> like faking it would make the oh, real- I'm not a fan of vomiting. Faking it is like, yeah, you get to, like, you can get out all the greatest hits of vomiting. How, how was your fake vomit accomplished? Was it a matter of having like a mixture created for you or did you get to do the, like the dramatic tube thing? So um, I've been vomited on with vomit, like usually it's vegetable soup. That's it. And it's usually vegetable soup. Um, when I vomited, I'm, she's in the bathroom stall and you don't actually see the vomit. You see me like, so it's more, uh, it, it's, it's the sound of the would-be vomiting. Okay. And which is really fun to do. It's like, you know, cause it always comes out your nose a little, right? It burns and it's like, and you know, it stinks. And I, in this scene, I was, it was in clear in motion and I was in the bathroom yes. with, with a former student. And I'm like trying to like, you know, not be disgusting. Cause I'm like, oh God, student, 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 you know but she's a mess, she's a mess. There's another great recommendation for everyone. If you haven't seen that, Claire in Motion. I love doing that movie. Do you collect anything? Um, compliments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, when I was a kid, I collected um, ceramic rabbit figurines. Loved rabbits and I had a pet rabbit. I now don't collect anything. I don't have a lot of stuff. I like shoes. I like shoes. I need to get rid of some shoes. I like shoes. I really, and I'm really into, you know, my husband and I are really into wine right now because we're home. I can understand that. <laughs> I feel like I have opted for, uh, for the whiskey and bourbon over the wine for whatever yeah, reason. I mean, you know, whatever thing. works. My prescription for you is whatever works. I'm not a doctor. I have played one on TV. My prescription for you is whatever works. Here's one that I know the answer to because I got a cameo earlier. Do you have any pets? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I have a dog. His name is Lando Carissian. I wanted to name him Robert Redford. I was outvoted in my family. I would have him come in and he's incredibly cute. He's incredibly who, cute. Who picked the name? My kids. Big Star my Wars kids. fans? His, his, yeah, huge Star Wars fans. Um, yeah, so his name is Lando and he it, it suits him. He looks like a Lando. He's not the brightest of beasts, but we sure do love him. And he's really adorable. He was um, how I bribed my kids when we moved back from New York to LA. I'm like, you know, if mommy takes a job in LA, we could get a dog. And they were like, yay, we're moving because I felt so bad about moving them again. Pets are always the answer. Yeah. And now I can't imagine our life without him. I, I can imagine. So this last one is a little heavy. You could take it in a lighter direction if you want, but I've, I've found myself in the habit of doing this one last because it could inspire someone out there. Before you say it, I just want to tell you, I could talk to you all day. I love seeing you and I could talk to you all day. So I hate that this is the last question, 
but go ahead lay it on me so do i i share the same feelings what is the biggest fear that you've had that you've actually managed to overcome oh regret regret like second guessing it's like we were saying it's second guessing the choices that you make and that's still as an actor and believe me i'm i'm aware this is a champagne problem to have options about which job to do um is an amazing luxury um and i feel like i've done pretty well like there but you know you always hear about actors who um you know pass on a big movie because they're like i don't think it's gonna i i get that i get that um and then i think you you have to like there were times i you know really probably wondered too much what if i didn't go to seattle what if i started my career earlier and you know came out to la at a younger age and it was a little bit easier for me but um you have to do what uh you have to listen to what you need not just in your career but as an artist and it's so funny when i was pregnant for my daughter someone asked me i just brought this up the other day what i wished for her and i said um i just want her to feel like she's enough that's my wish for her and i wish that for me too and it's it's it can be really hard to get there you know and you have moments where you swear that you are and then you realize maybe you weren't and i i think you know when you first read i i wasn't planning on bringing this back to soulmates but you first read that character and you're like oh that's so but it's so relatable and i i saw that in in her and really really wanted to do that role you know so i mean that keeps like those jobs if they keep coming to me i will absolutely keep taking them and that said i'm, I'm happy to tell jokes too but it's, you know, I mean, I think about after Breaking Bad, I went and did the Michael J. Fox show because I was like, what do you do after you do a show like Breaking Bad? I mean, that I, I said that to Vince Gilligan. I said, the only way in which you have wronged me is I really don't know what to do now. And that came up. And I think when, you know, Michael J. Fox, who's one of the best actors and smartest and funniest people I've ever met, you know, says, hey, do you want to play my wife in this? You say, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> and then you buy your kids a dog when you come home. <laughs> um, you, you're nailing this process right now. This is why I love asking that question too, because like then you bottle I up. I love that you asked it. You take it with you and i feel i feel yeah. like that's that's an experience that just about everyone can benefit from hearing right now because oh, oh boy it can be easy to swallow get swallowed up by regrets i know and you know i'm really um curious to see and i'm hopeful about where how we all come out of this come out of the pandemic and the struggles that are with it and um a friend of mine a director a theater director that i love cheryl keller always says out of shit grows flowers and my kids say that now and i just love it i love I'm it i'm gonna repeat that too <laughs> you're, I, well you're welcome thank you for having i have me. to let you go but this yeah, was so I much fun it. and it was seriously such an honor and a treat to have you of all people on this show it made me so so happy and i'm thank so happy for making time for, for you me. too Huge oh. congratulations on soulmates 
for everyone out there. Betsy's episode airs November 9th. That's a Monday on AMC. Do check it out. And in case you haven't seen the other episodes, watch those too. Oh my God. I am like, this is, this show is saving me right now. We're like, ooh, Monday. (laughs) 